0: Grit, grace, and change. You can try to change the world around you, but if you just try to do it with blunt force, it's not really going to work. You have to pull on one side and push on the other and, 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 and use some charm and use some gruffness. And, and, and sometimes you just have to plow over certain obstacles in your way in order to cause change, in order to create change in the world but what happens when you see that change all happening all around you? Or what happens when you see an area of the world that could use change in a big way? Are you silent or do you step up to the plate and get it done?
1: This is the Way to Greatness podcast, where we explore the journey from failure and mediocrity to success and greatness. And now, your host, Ari Gunsberg.
0: Thanks for coming on to the show, Taverly. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and what you do?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I am a podcaster. My podcast is called Grit and Grace. I'm a monthly gifter with a subscription box called Grit, Grace and Glory. I have a company that's called Corporate Cause Agency. I'm like a matchmaker between companies and their nonprofit partners. So I do all kinds of stuff.
0: All right, cool. And the name Taverly, I, I have to ask, it's such a unique name. What, what's the what's etymology the of it?
2: Uh, it's a funny question. I do get that question often. You know, I'm born and raised just outside of Boulder, Colorado, and my sister's name is Sunshine. So I'm definitely a product of the hippie generation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, so is there a source to the name or just your, your parents liked the syllables together and put it together? You know,
2: I, I think they like the syllables put together. There is sort of a fun story. Uh, they were, my parents were kind of communal living at the time. And there was another family that was due to have a baby and, and they picked the name Tavaree. And so my parents, you know, being such good friends and the way they live, decided that I would be Taverly. Although I typically, because that's a long story, I usually just tell people I'm a love child. And then I kind of cringe inside <laughs> when I say see- <laughs>
0: Well, it's up to you to write your own story, so you can tell people whatever you want.
2: Yeah, right.
0: And maybe not, maybe not doing the cringeworthy things.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, nobody likes to think of themselves being a love child. I mean, but I, I would say that there's a lot of benefit to that. The way that my parents were living when I was raised, I was surrounded by so much love from adults of all different types. You know, I, I definitely had uh, a family approach to being raised, so that was that was kind of a real blessing. So I, I'll take that. That sounds
0: that sounds like a real blessing. Yeah, it takes a yeah. village to raise a child. Yeah, and, and, and many people nowadays forget that. that. Yep. Yeah. I know that you work in the nonprofit sector. How did you originally get into the nonprofit sector?
2: Mm, that's a good question and I I actually will say that I, I do yes still work for a couple of nonprofits now because it's like my jam um, and I've been in the nonprofit sector working with charities and nonprofit organizations locally and globally for more than 15 years wow. and how I actually got into it just from a job that I had at the time and we did a donation drive for coats and I really started to, to see that wow you know as a business we can invest a little bit into our community and not only does it like make huge changes change in the community. But it felt good, and our team loved it, so I started dabbling more into doing it as a, a volunteer role and, and working however I can and you know to make a really long story short, I, I met a gentleman that ran a business that contracted out employees that were really good in business to help nonprofits with certain aspects of their business and when he made me a job offer, I jumped at it and um, the company was called geodesic, and I spent a lot of time there. he did all of my training, and I, I then went on to finish my nonprofit certification, um, nonprofit management certification at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And it just, I just feel that there is certain types of personalities like myself that understand how to merge together business and, you know, good nonprofit programming, because sometimes you have one side that's really good and one side that's not the other, that's not in the other and it's hard. So I, I've i just loved it. In my company, I actually switched like to the other side of the table. I started working with businesses to help them navigate how they're gonna invest in the community. And you know, Ari, I, I did this because I'll tell you that in the course of my career, I sat across the table from so many companies that didn't really understand what a nonprofit had to offer. You know, maybe they write good checks or they volunteer time. And I can tell you personally, there are lots of big organizations that I was asking for five, ten, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I would look at the business and say, Wonderful, thank you for your support. Now, how can our nonprofit help you reach your goals? And most of the time it was like a blank slate.
0: Right. They don't they don't know how to deal with that.
2: They don't know how to do that. And so I knew that that niche existed. And so at the end of 2017, I hung my, hung my own shingle and here I am helping businesses really navigate their community partnerships. And I, I still love it because it's still at the end of the day is helping more nonprofits reach more people in the community. And that's really what lights me up.
0: Right. I, I mean, that's that's probably one of the nicest things about working in the nonprofit is that is that you go home feeling like, you know, you get your paycheck, but or you know, your your business gets its profits, but you nonetheless feel like you've done something good for the community. Right. Or or for the world. Right. So over the course of your career, what, is, what are some of the meaningful programs that you've developed?
2: Hmm. Um one of the things that i was most proud of participating in and and this was definitely a joint effort in a lot of ways i was working for denver sister cities at the time which is a program funded through the mayor's office and we we solidified a grant from the bill and melinda gates foundation and that okay. that's that specific grant was to address a trilateral relationship between a city in the united states a city in china and a city in nairobi and denver because it has so many different sister cities we were really able to utilize our sister city relationships at various levels, both government, business, and community, and come together and tackle this big project in Nairobi. And it was such a learning experience to bring, you know, three different cultures together and find ways to collaborate. And I'll tell you, it was very hard. It was There were some moments where... You know, when you're sitting with the mayor of Kunming, China, and the governor of Nairobi, and you know, city council members from Denver, when we were all sitting at the table, you know, we all like, and we all spoke English, so there was no language barriers. But just the ways that we conducted ourselves in business um, and the cultures were—it just fascinated me. And you know, I'm I'm wanting to do research yeah, such a difference, but I wanted to do my research. So I went into that knowing that there was going to be some differences. And I, I personally really, really enjoyed that. And that was the beginning of a lot of international work that I've done. Um, another example is there's lots of small nonprofit organizations, you know, both here and during my 14 years that I lived in Toronto, where I was able to really help them build something from the very bottom. Because, you know, there's there's lots of organizations, right, that find good passion and they they have they are addressing a a major need in the community. And often the barrier for them to do that in a bigger way is understanding A, how to build capacity, you know, B, how to how to build a, a good board, C, how to, how to raise funds, and and then how to really put I, I like to call it the foundation in place because you can't build a house without a foundation. Right. So I I have I cannot tell you how many times I've helped small organizations really put that foundation in place and then let them run with it because they're good at what they do. Sometimes they just need help getting the structure together to make their nonprofit run like a business
0: right that navigation at the beginning of at the beginning stages absolutely
1: yeah yoga is all the rage feel better and breathe easier with yoga accessories by mantra dog from yoga mat spray to carrying bags and slings to mats and more mantra dog has the yoga accessories you need go to mantradog.com and use coupon code podcast today
0: you mentioned before that you're a changemaker what yeah. what are what's an example of you being a changemaker
2: mm. um well I'll tell you that I think my podcast is a very good example of that and my podcast is called grit and grace and I like to think that those of us that have, you know, let's say the the natural comfort level at doing things that other people haven't done before, or going out to seek the answers that they need in a bold way, you know, that's that's something that I've done with the podcast. In fact, I I stayed the course, right? I mean, Ari, kudos to you. You know, launching a new podcast, diving into something from scratch is never easy. And Absolutely you know, and, and I, I started my podcast really just to be able to feature. My goal was literally to feature like 12 women in the community that have come, come into my life and helped me grow my business. Like not just grow my business, but actually just still stay in business and not just go get a job because it was hard. And they helped me overcome a lot of challenges. And I, I felt like, okay, I I'm a go-getter. I know it's, it's, I'm extroverted to the extreme. So it's not difficult for me to go get this information. But then when I read the stats of how many female business owners never succeed, I thought, okay, I need to get this information to all those other women. And so it I, I took me six months and a lot of hard work and failed equipment and frustration. And, you know, I eat, I eat my way through my feelings when I get stressed. So I ate a lot of cake during those times. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I, I would, you know, I'll tell you that I ended up finishing 2018 with more than 40 podcasts released of the most amazing women
0: that's that's terrific
2: so that's an example right i, I, I that's a good I example it's a great example right? of sticking to the course. And it, it's it has never really been about me. I just feel like I have the ability to help people find their voice. And, and in my case, it's helping women find their voice and staying at the table with that voice. Because it's, it's not as common as, as we think it is, as you can see in the market today. You know, women are rising to say, hey, you know, we, we know this hasn't been right for a long time. But I also think that as women, we own a part of that to stay at the table.
0: Right, right, right absolutely, just to to stick it out. As a change maker, you need to embrace change as mm. well as the inevitability of change. How can embracing change help people in their own lives?
2: Mm. Yeah, and that's that's a deep one. I would say that you know, in in my in my particular case, I've experienced so much change. You know, part of it is from, you know, the fact that I've had 12 major surgeries. I have half of the organs that I was born with. I have, you know, I have, I have children that have had significant health issues in their life. You know, I have faced, you know, infidelity in a marriage that, you know, that ended my children's father, that relationship ended because of infidelity I would say that on the personal side, every single one of those experiences resulted in a major change in my life. Whether I, can, it, I can't imagine, right? You know, you you I had to I had to learn to live a different way when I lost half of my organs. I had to learn to um, to live a different way when I was raising my children um, on my own. I had to, you know, find ways to mentally overcome this idea that. You know my body is now permanently going to be something different, or you know when when I was told that I was lucky to get seventy percent function back in my knee after I had to have a full reconstruction you know at you know forty um you know those are accepting change like that is not accept it, it means not accepting the change it means make the change what you want it to be because we have choices we get to choose you know and it I think that that's that to me is embracing changes you get you get to choose how you handle it you know starting a company resulted in a lot of change of relationships around me you know in my podcast i talk a lot about that that's been one of the most difficult parts of starting a business is the fact that all the relationships around me changed and that's because the trajectory right the the path that i was on <laughs> changed i decided to go on this path over here Right. People could no longer relate. It's the same thing in all those personal examples that I gave you. When, when your norm is disrupted, there's a lot of people around you that aren't sure about that. And, and so I, I think that the biggest change that always happens is in your relationships. You know, if, you, if you're going, you know, charging down a new path and, and raising yourself up in your business, the people around you that have never done that before or have seen you done that before, they might not react so positively.
0: I, sometimes they react exact, very negatively.
2: Right. And I, I actually was having a conversation with a friend last week and I, I told her that 100% of the time when that happens, it's not about you. It's about that other individual's reflection of themselves. And you know, that's, that's handling change. That's being able to be very self-aware and say, okay, I recognize I am going to be a very different person at the end of this journey that I'm on. I'm going to be very different. I am going to heal. I'm going to go through difficulties. It's going to be painful, but I'm going to choose at the end to still be grateful and happy and go my path regardless of what's happening around me. And I think that that's how I've been able to stay through and and still be, you know, relatively happy and, and always goal driven at the end of the day, because I've been able to keep that attitude with any of the changes and challenges that I've faced, which have been a lot.
0: Yep. It 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 sounds like it. it's 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 it it sounds like you also have a really good attitude for everything as well. You you had taken your experience. You worked in in the nonprofit se- sector and then you started your own company, the Corporate Cause Agency, which you mentioned before. Yet you also started this company over the age of forty with two kids who were already in college. Mm. So what are some of the biggest hurdles you have faced doing so?
2: Mm. You know, this is, this is the kind of topic that literally makes my eyes kind of teary. And I, I think about I <laughs> that, I, you know, you can, you can, you can relate. Those are, you know, I try to explain to people, it's not that you don't know your niche. I know my niche in my field very well. I knew what I wanted to do, but here's a, I'm going to give you a really good example. You know, I, I have been in, in corporate, even though I worked for nonprofits, I've been in corporate, I represented other organizations. And, you know, I have a very professional persona that I know is the right way for me to be as a, as a person, as a a female leader, especially some of, some of the work that I did was with uh, uh, mostly men. So I, you know, I, I had a professional persona. And so when I went out and started my business on my own, I started with that professional persona. And what happened was, I, you know, I I kept kind of looking around me and thinking, huh, you know, all all of these women that are running businesses, and this was right at the very beginning, all these women that are running businesses, they are themselves, like their true like personalities are shining through in what they wear and and how they brand themselves, and I I kept thinking to myself, well, wait, I I'm creating all this based upon what I used to do and how I used to be, and I I had so many moments along the way where I had to learn to be really comfortable in my own skin. And I would like to say that truly starting a business is like the greatest personal awareness journey you'll go on in your life because there's not a team of people around you to help you. You know, you, you know I had help. I was able to ask questions, but when you start your own business, you're living and dying by your own sword. So when, when, you're, when your accounting needs to be done, it's just you. You know, when you have customers to give a proposal to, it's just you. When you're building your website and your brand, it's about you. And I would say that that's like the hardest, was the hardest thing for me, was for me to like really look around and say, okay, wait, wait, what do you mean this is about me? I'm used to it being about somebody else and I could do that really well. But me, I I feel like I, you know, it puts, it pushed me out forward, um, in ways that even though I am an extremely extroverted person, that was really challenging for me to be comfortable being myself. And part of that is, you know, I have a full sleeve of tattoos on one of my arms and a half sleeve on the other. And I, teach, <laughs> you know, I, I teach Krav Maga in my spare time, but yet I have, you know, big blonde, fluffy curls. And so, you know, I needed to find ways to like really embrace all those parts of me to represent my brand. And I honestly think that that was one of the biggest challenges because I, I would have in the past always hid that. I always wore low, long sleeves. I would have always worn a particular type of style. So that like really just being comfortable with myself was one of the biggest hurdles. And I would say that some of the other tactical things that were hard, you know what? I had to get really good at sales, like sales, sales. I had to get really good at negotiation. I had, I, you know, I spent months and months of time, <laughs> like trying to figure out. Okay, I'm I'm a people person. I know how to have good conversation, but the hard aspects of like closing a sale and negotiating that, like, wow, I I had to learn. So I and I still am. I'm still learning in that area. I'm a part of a lot of different mastermind groups and online courses, and I'm learning that. And it's still that's still an ongoing journey. I think part of it's just because. It's a little different when it's when you're selling yourself. <laughs> it's a little different.
0: Yeah. So I mean, so you're able to come out of the Taverly in business, in the corporate world shell and 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 bring a little bit more of yourself to the table and learn over time to bring the full Taverly out and to to fully to fully show everybody who Taverly really was. Is that
2: one hundred percent. And that that was that's probably the biggest challenge. And I think that a lot of women um, and, you know, men are maybe a little bit better at this overall, uh, just because of the way that, you know, we're all raised in our society. But women, we have a hard time with that. We have a hard time being 100 percent confident, being the forefront of all of that. That's that's difficult sometimes.
0: Right. It 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 takes some learning sometimes. Of this journey, what would you say is either the absolute best part of it or one of the par- best parts of it?
2: Mm, with without a doubt, 100 percent of the best part of it is all of the amazing people that i've been able to connect to on a basis of it being me my true like real self and connecting with in it's in the podcast case the most amazing incredible women that you could ever meet for my business like real change makers themselves businesses that think outside of the box and are willing to like invest in their community in a way that is really unheard of you know I I have had the opportunity to really work with and I I am currently working with really some of the most incredible people and it's it matters so much to me now not just because you know as you said starting a business over the age of 40 with two kids in college there's a lot at stake you know there's none of this is Absolutely. none of this is a fly-by-night hobby this is there is a lot at stake and to be able to have all of that pressure of b- having a lot at stake but then still loving all the people you connect with for me i didn't realize how incredible that would be it's it's the best part if i could just spend my days connecting with people like this all the time <laughs> like yourself i i, I think that, that that would just continue to bring me the most joy ever
0: that that would be really that's that sounds really amazing while building this and, – and people really – I just want to touch upon that for a little bit. People really are amazing. I mean you know, we have all the – the news agencies all want us to believe that everybody is terrible. But the more that you are opening your eyes to the amazing things that people can do and the amazing things that people do do on a, on a regular basis and half the times we don't even know about the stuff that they're doing because a lot of people might just – do something quietly and never tell a soul. But but the more that we're able to see that that people are really people are really amazing. And yeah. and, and it's 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 really a big blessing for any of us to to be able to see that firsthand.
2: And and not only do I agree with you 100%, I think the people that are by nature bad or have, you know, I, I just did air quotes like you could see me, um yeah. bad. I, <laughs> I, I think in most cases it's not that. I think it's that people are in difficult circumstances that have put them in a place to not be at their best. And And I'm not saying that there's not people with serious mental illness that cause harm to others and, you know, have different radical religious beliefs outside of all of that. I, I would say that most people, if if they are making not the best decisions, it's because there are things that are weighing heavy on them. And Often. I like, right? Uh, Often. Dale,
0: Dale, Dale Carnegie in the uh, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, he talks about how the bank robber who's who's holding up the bank with the gun, he doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong. He's got a reason. He's got a whole uh, a, a conceptualization of why what he's doing makes sense right it's it's the it's the self-speak that that what we do ourselves is never wrong but what other people do that's when we judge on other people and stuff so i i think i think what you're saying has a lot of validity and it makes a lot of sense because a lot of these people who are maybe doing some of these things wrong they feel like they're they're backed into a corner they feel like they've got a lot going on in their situation there's there's extenuating circumstances that that most people maybe wouldn't agree with but that they're telling themselves that what they're doing is okay because of those extenuating circumstances i think that's pretty common and it's unfortunate. And and as a society, if we can figure out ways to make those extenuating circumstances be less prevalent, maybe we could all gain from it.
2: Right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're bang on. Um, I would say that we then just need to look at ourselves and how we interact with people when they are in that negative state. Because we have the ability, our energy and and our positivity and our outlook, we have the ability to impact other people. Uh, So when you come across someone that's you know is, and I won't use the bank robbery reference because that's a little (laughs) different. But when you come across somebody that's not having a really good day, instead of reacting in kind, like reacting with negativity back, just take a breath. Mm Think of what you could maybe do to make their day a little better. Ask how they're doing.
0: Right. Share some positivity. Give them a smile.
2: Yeah, give them a smile. You know, ask them how they're doing. Let you know, there's just a way to, to interact with human being when you know that they're not in the same place that you are, where you know that you can leave them in a better place than when you saw them.
0: Right. A lot of people maybe don't realize that. It doesn't take a lot. You you can do just a tiny little thing, like you were saying, a hug, just a hand on the arm, uh, a smile, a, a quick word of encouragement, and, and it will have an effect.
2: Absolutely. And it'll
0: brighten their day.
2: Everywhere you go, you can brighten somebody's day just by the way you smile. By the way you interact, by the way you say hello, and it doesn't—it it doesn't mean that you are, you know, trying to, you know, fix the world or put on a fakeness. I I personally live like that. That's how I feel inside. I feel that happiness, and so when I see another person, I I want to express that to them because I know that it makes their day better too. <laughs> yes, it
0: does. <sighs> while building your company, uh, I know you're only a few years into it, but while building your company, have you experienced any failures yet?
2: Yeah, definitely. A a lot of failures. (laughs) Um, And I, I like to think of those as being my, those have been my greatest learning lessons. You know, one example I can give you is, you know, after I started corporate cause agency, I have a friend that I know him and I would make great partners in some projects. So we were really looking for a way to work together. And we came across this really amazing manufacturer that was producing this life-saving medical device. And, you know, my, my friend is, you know, he's in a wheelchair and, and he lives his life, you know, very well. He's a super efficient, amazing dude. And, you know, we start having these conversations about what happens if somebody chokes when they're in a wheelchair. Oh, wow. Right, you cannot perform Heimlich right in a wheelchair. So this medical device was meant to address, um, you know, choking, and it's a, a device that would go over the mouth, and it had a like a vacuum. It was a type of extraction.
0: Oh wow, cool!
2: And so the the idea of that was so exciting to us that my friend and I, you know, started a company. We went into business with this um, manufacturer. And we started rolling it out. I mean, I actually used, even though I was growing corporate cause agency at the same time, this definitely sidetracked me for a while. And we definitely, I called in all my contacts, you know, all, all of the leverage that I had in the community from different positions that I had had. I got in front of, you know, top hospital contacts, you know, fire departments, police departments, everywhere that this device should be. And meanwhile, the manufacturer just started being a little shady, like not, not doing anything oh no. like overt, but you know they weren't following through on their commitment. There was, you know, there was this idea that you know, as the representatives of the product, they were, you know, they just wanted to make the product. They didn't want to sell the product. Next thing you know, they roll out a marketing campaign to sell the product, and I'm like, okay, this is this is just not it. And and my friend and I sat down, and because this is somebody I know and love and trust so much, we had established values from the beginning. And our values were, we're not going to do business with anybody that's a little bit shady, like ever, ever. And we right. had no idea that the person that that would end up you know, happening with is, the, is our main supplier. So we terminated the contract and we walked away. You now thousands and thousands of dollars, months and months of time. And we literally just terminated the contract and walked away. And I... I like to say that that was definitely it wasn't necessarily a failure because we tried and we learned a lot and the, the the concept of what they're doing is right, but the lesson for me is don't compromise your values. You know that was it was so prevalent to me that for us to stay in that business we would have had to fight along with this exact example every step of the way and I'm not going to do that. I'm just not. Yeah. In
0: in the moment that you started to realize that this. That all that money and all that time and all everything that you had invested into getting this up and off the ground was 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 all gonna circle and just go down the drain. How did that feel?
1: Mm.
2: Well, it felt like it was supposed to be that way. Um, it definitely stung a little. Um, you know, I, a, I felt- a little or a lot. <laughs> well for me it stung a little it stung a little because part of part of me was still starting to build the podcast at the time and so i knew that i was going through a lot of personal growth and i i really i really wanted to get a lot of failures out of the way early on because i knew that they were coming and i'm like yep. okay if this is going to be my big failure of 2018, fine, I'll take it because I still have this other stuff going on. Um, you, had other, I, you had
0: other things to put your time, to redirect your time and efforts into
2: right exactly and so it 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 was it actually just made me mostly sad because i felt like all the people that we were going to get to to help at the end and of course we had plans to roll it out you know for many nonprofits to give it away to fundraise so we could give this away to people that couldn't afford it so i was mostly sad that i felt like all the people we were going to be able to help are not going to get helped by this product so the sting was more that i wanted to you know continue to make positive change and you know, the way that I thought we were going to be able to do it didn't turn out to be the case. But I also know that you have to go with the flow. Things come and things go. And, yeah, you know, the more time you spend dwelling on what went wrong, the less time you're spending could on the that next door that's going to open. Right. One right. closes, one opens. Every single time.
0: Absolutely. How was it that your personal attitude was able to affect everything that you were doing?
2: Mm. I... I'm going to answer that question with a story. Um, You know, one of the major surgeries that I had was having a a lump removed from my breast. And I had some pretty significant complications as a result of that, that landed me, you know, in the ICU for a couple of days. And I had a very specific moment where, I, I mean, I was under 40 at the time. I can't recall. I think it was like 36, 37, somewhere in there. I remember being okay. If that was the end for me, you know, I've been having, you know, issues physically, you know, my legs were wrapped around each other like pretzels when I was born. And yet that doesn't phase me. And, you know, I had the beginning stages of cervical cancer when I was 19. It doesn't Uh phase me. You know, I've gone through tons of this stuff all my life. And when this particular moment happened, I was okay to go like i i felt like you know what i gave it a good fight i kept a good attitude for a lot of years i've raised two children who are in late teens at the time they'll be fine i've i've accomplished a lot of great stuff and made a lot of positive change and it's okay, it it would be okay to go and i think that You know, what happened at the time, what happened at the time is when I was having this conversation with my children to give them maybe final words of wisdom, let them know of the things that I want them to focus on in their path, you know, then it everybody freaked out because nurses and doctors know that when our mind and body, mm-hmm. when we choose to go, you can go. And right. so, um, you know, they resulted in a flurry of activity and another emergency surgery. And I woke up and I was going to be fine. And so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, but I definitely, I, I put, I pushed that into gear because my, that other surgery may not have happened. It might've been weeks and weeks and weeks of recovery as opposed to just to handle the problem surgically. So, I woke up the next day and thought, all right, I'm still here. I'm going to be here. I maybe shouldn't have been here. So that just means that every day that I am here is like icing on the cake.
0: Right. Free time. Bonus time.
2: Yeah. I, I live like that. Every single day I wake up just grateful. Like, this is awesome. I'm still alive. Getting to do amazing things. How, What can be better than that? Right?
0: Absolutely when you're able to internalize that every day is a blessing and that every moment is a blessing it just it's it, it can be life changing
2: Mari, if there's something you and i can do together in our time left on this planet is to help people see that perspective you know help them appreciate that the fact that you have today to be great or to do great or just to feel great that's it because you know what it can change just like that and it and things can be different and i um i don't i don't i don't do anything other than just appreciate the fact that i have the ability to do that and i hope that you and i we can keep changing that out there
0: Absolutely. That's, that's a big, that's a big part of what I am looking to do is to sparking hope within the world really. And, and I mean, there's some people who you just can't reach just because of their, their, their mindset, their, how they grew up, their religious beliefs. You know, there's certain, there's certain aspects as, as we, I'm sure both know that, that you really just can't change them. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe with a lot of effort and a lot of work, but I mean, if, if we work on the people who are receptive to that change, Uh, First of all, those people who are very hard to change may jump on board with all of us. And second of all, they will matter less and less.
2: Yeah, it's true. You know, and I, you know, we, we definitely are not, we can't change the world, but we can change the small slice of the world that we live in. And I think leading by example is, is for sure the best way to, to approach that as a whole, you know, and it's, it's not always easy because we're human too, but yep you know, being the example of what it's like to, to be grateful every day is, is it creates impact. And as you and I talked about already, the more you do that, everybody around you sees it and feels it.
0: Mm -hmm. I also am a big fan of the snowball effect. You know, like we work on making small positive changes to ourselves and to the people around us. And then they will in turn, maybe consciously, maybe subconsciously, do small positive changes to the people around them and then it can just snowball to, to the point where you're right, you can't change the world. But if we, if, if you have the right mindset and you have the right tools, potentially you can change all the people around you who can change all the people around them and then over time we could change the world.
2: I see it all the time. I see it all the time. I see somebody make a, a really big change in their life and you know, comment to me on something I said to them that made them think and they made a you know a significant life change or belief change or I actually had somebody quote something back to me that I said to them like six months ago and they told me they haven't stopped thinking about it and I don't even I don't remember saying it. I've had
0: stuff like that happen to me also like years later. They're like, Oh I you know this this changed my life and I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah (laughs) I mean no it was it was awesome but I was like wow I I I I barely remembered saying that to you but cool, you know, great. (laughs) I'm glad it had an effect on you. you.
2: you know that you're living in a really good place, right? If you're if you stay in that place as much as you can, because like we're human, it's maybe 95% of the time. When right. you do that and your goal is to bring gratitude and, and positive change in your world, in your community, and your families. And if you stay in that place, it 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 the residual effects of that stays out there forever.
0: Yeah. It does. It's really amazing.
2: I'm so excited to talk to you, Ari. I I really like what you're doing. You have you have a lot of really positive things, and you know I'm an interviewer, so I'm like it's really hard for me to not ask you questions. So I'm like, okay, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. I mean,
0: look, you know what? You could ask me questions. I was on an interview with the other day, and I, I I'm trying to explain figure out how to say this, but basically, like I just didn't like exactly necessarily where the conversation was going. So I just started I just started turning it around. I was like, start asking questions, and I was like, yeah, well, what about this? Oh, what about this? Yeah. <laughs> If you want to ask questions, feel free. I mean, it's 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 more about a conversation than yeah. being in a very rigid interview mode. If you know, yeah,
2: I, and I like that because I you know I find that sometimes the best information comes out when two people are just connecting and and talking as opposed to you know, just a, a a set of interview questions. And because you and I are both doing this same gig, we know that really good authentic information sharing happens when it's natural.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it, it helps to have talking points hundred percent. But yeah, the natural response and the authentic response is so much better than the canned response. Like that's why a lot of people might have may have like pre-scripted interview questions. And I'm like, yeah, great. Send them to me but I'm not going to look at that. You know, I mean, I'll, no, that's not true. I'll look at them. I'll, I'll develop some content from them. But I'm not interested in the interview that you're giving 10 other people. I want the unique, authentic interview.
2: Which is why I like this. And, you know, this is kind of we're in the podcasting weeds now, people. We are in the podcasting weeds. But <laughs> Ari, I'll tell you, I've had some really interesting experiences where two things. Somebody has asked me to be on their show and they literally pre-send me like five questions that they ask all the same people. And I did one of those early on and then I don't do that anymore. And you know why? Because the person that I'm talking to is not listening. And and I, I found in, in my experience that, I, I don't feel like I'm gonna be able to provide much value to their audience if we're not having a conversation. You know, I I can I can talk by myself for an hour and give it to them and they can release it. <laughs> that's <laughs> there that's you go. that would that would it depends on the point, right? And I I was I was kind of surprised. And the other thing that really surprises me is that um a lot of people don't, you know, whether it's a guest on my show or somebody that wants me to be a guest on their show, they don't do any research. And, you know, I, I think that knowing a little bit about who the person is before you sit down, even the way that you asked me questions about myself in advance. So you could just know a little about me before we, you know, before we started talking, I think that those things are really valuable. So podcasting weeds there. I, I'm not going to do that. I just decided that's not going to work for me. I won't, I won't participate. It's,
0: it's, it's always a learning experience. I, I've been through some s- similar situations where I, I started to realize that maybe I need to start vetting things a little bit closer to to determine what I should be investing my time into and what I shouldn't be, and that's 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 okay, you know, because we have to, we only have so much time and we have to spend it wisely.
2: And that is the lessons we learn as we're starting something new. Welcome Ex- to my life. Absolutely. I feel like I've been doing that for like two years straight now, nonstop. <laughs> I'm always learning. <laughs> I'm like, okay, can I take a little break from the learning? Just
0: but for- one second, learning, learning, learning is part of living. And if yes. you're learning, then you're still lives so hey yes, just keep it going
2: exactly although sometimes it hurts my brain <laughs>
0: i i know sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's hard also but but yeah. i mean just just keep it you know the attitude the attitude of learning is yeah. living that's it
2: that is 100 percent correct and i'm so happy that we're able to share sort of those commonalities and i'm really excited for all that you're doing
0: thank you just to touch upon success and greatness a little bit what exactly does success and greatness mean to you
2: mm. um, For me, I think greatness is, is bravery, um, you know, being, being brave and being brave, being brave because it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it's personal or a business or relationships or family or being an entrepreneur or starting a podcast, you know, being brave means, you know, get knocked on your tushy over and over again and just standing back up. Yep. You you can call that courage. I I think it's being brave because it's, you know, it's it's never easy to do something a second time. The hard time, the first time people think it's hard to get started, it is hard to get started. But once you've started something new or you want to be something better, it's easier the first time. Right. Because you've never done it
0: and you don't know what to expect.
2: Right. And you're going to get knocked down on your butt and it's going to hurt. And getting up and doing it a second time, that's bravery. And Absolutely.
0: I want to point out also that yeah. a lot of times people think that bravery means not feeling the fear, and and it always means you're going to be afraid. You're going to have to get over the feelings of uncomfortableness. You're going to have there's a lot of stuff you'll be going through. But being brave it consists of essentially doing it anyways and recognizing that that those are what the feelings that you're going through and prevailing, persevering.
2: Yeah, that's it. Never give not giving up, and that that's that's in every aspect of of what. You know, what I think it means to live a fulfilling and great life is to keep trying, keep learning. And when you get knocked down, just get back up again. And, you know, if 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 cancer hits your spouse and they die, you're still living. It's not done. Your time is not done and it's going to hurt and facing every single day. And I'm using this as a reference because I my brother did die. Uh, He died of brain cancer. And And, you know, I, and it's, it's my sister's husband that that passed away and, you know, life doesn't stop. And it was so hard and it was so terrible. And it's probably the worst thing that my family's ever been through. But you know what, we still have to get up tomorrow. The sun is going to rise again. And there, there is, there is still life. And, and so I, I think of all the people that go through difficult times and wake up and continue on the next day and find a way back to gratitude and grace, you know, that's bravery. And that's that to me is a great life because without it, it's, life's not great.
0: Absolutely. What do you feel is the main key to growth?
2: I go back to change. Go back to yeah, change. Yeah, I would go back to change. Being able to embrace change. Being able to you embrace know, change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Because we are going to, things are going to change all the time. And I, I don't know why it took me like 35 years to figure that out. I I thought it takes a lot longer. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I thought when I got into a slice of life that was really good like I was comfortable and job was good and you know relationship was good, kids were good. I was, I loved all the food I was eating. Like it was just good. Like that slice of life. I'm like, all right, that's good. I'm, I'm comfy here. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And I, I want this to just stay this way forever. Why would it need to change? But the truth is, that's not real.
0: That's stagnant.
2: Yeah. And life always changes. There is no, there's no one person that's listening to this or you and I that is going to have the rest of their life where nothing changes. That's not reality. That's not our human experience on earth. Things change.
0: Things not changing is death. Essentially,
2: yeah, exactly. The, the the day things stop changing is when you know the grass is growing over you, <laughs> and a lot of that is out of our control. We can't control the change around us. We can't control disease and you know accidents and um, and other people's choices. We can't control that. So being comfortable knowing things are going to change, and that's that to me is is really what you're talking about. That's that's the key to ongoing learning and success is just being able to to pivot when you need to pivot.
0: I love that word pivot. Mm being able to switch change gears midstream and just turn around and go the other way it's very, yeah. it's a, it is a very important strength and
2: it's not easy we're not trying to lighten that any of this is easy this is some of this can be very very difficult oh, and yeah. I'm not
0: no it's, it's it, now in conversation it sounds easy yeah <laughs> it could take days weeks months it could be a hair pulling out frustrating it can be uh, you know moping around for days trying to figure out your next step because you're just not sure of which way to go stuck in decisions I mean there's so many aspects to change that are, that are incredibly difficult and incredibly challenging. But the point is, is that, is that it's the change that drives you forward. It's the change that drives your growth and it's the change that will ultimately enable you to become your best self.
2: Yeah. I didn't share a story with you. There was, I started competing in strongman last year. I, I wanted, I, I wanted to talk I, about I that a little I'm bit. S- so this is
0: great. Good. Yeah. can you can you just for um, people who don't know and i don't fully know can you just tell us a little bit about what strongman is and then go into the story
2: yeah for sure yeah so strongman is it's a type of competition that tests and athletes both physical and mental abilities all at the same time so you've probably seen on tv where these big strong dudes like are pulling cars or throwing telephone poles or like lifting big stones up over a shelf of something right so it's it's this real physical Um, competition and all of the events are a little different so they always have new things to do. A new tweak to it. Yeah, to be as strong as possible physically and mentally be able to handle the stress of, of that strength. Right. And I, I'm just, I like it actually. I I'll I'll do it again for sure. And it was the first time I did, it It was the scariest thing ever. And I feel like I was one of those like superhumans, my first competition, because all the weights felt so light. I felt like I could like throw them. And that's, (laughs) that was adrenaline, right? My brain, my body was like all wigged out. Um, but then the second competition was I trained a little bit for it this time. I knew a little bit more of what to expect and I couldn't compete as a novice anymore because I actually won that first competition.
0: Okay. Would you say once you win at the novice level, they don't no longer allow you to compete a novice?
2: Exactly. And and I'm over 40, so I'm a master's athlete, but not all events have master's categories, I think, because most of the time the athletes are way younger. I'm, I'm definitely one of the elders at the events. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I met this this gentleman, um, and he's, you know, he's a single leg amputee. Um, he's served our country, and he was there doing some of the judging. And I talked to him a little bit, and had told him about my story and how kind of nervous I was at some of the weights I had to carry, which were heavy, with my reconstructed knee. And we had a big conversation. And the stone, that big cement stone that we had to pick up at that time, I think I had only gotten it like onto my lap once. And you know this is a, you have to get it to your lap, and you like literally have to like thrust your whole body weight and get it over a bar, and you have 60 seconds to do it as many times as possible. Oh my. And so I, somebody else was judging, and I'm one of the last people to go, and I'm, this is my last event of the day. you know we're eight hours into strength competition, so my body's like wrecked, right? Oh wow. And I, I got the the ball the, the stone over the bar once, and they rolled it back, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I have to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> he came up and stood right next to me and he said to my in, in my ear, like, You've been through way worse than this before. Like this is nothing. nothing. Like, don't like this is this is absolutely nothing in the big scheme of things. You have survived so many things that are way more difficult. Just pick up a stone. And I, I picked up the stone and put it over the bar. And they rolled it back, and I immediately started to cry. And he stayed right there the whole time, saying those things to me. And I, I, I got like five reps of that stone over wow. the bar. Forever. For a weight that is, it was my body weight, basically, you know, and it's, my hands couldn't even go all the way around it. I think it may have been a little heavier. And I I got five reps and I I leaned on the bar afterwards and I just cried because everything that he said was so true. I had been through so many more difficult things in my past. This was nothing. Why why not try? And I'll tell you, it was a, it was a special moment for me. I'm I would say that sometimes, you know, finding little ways to challenge yourself and do something new, you know, there's no there's no gold medal. Uh, well, there's a gold trophy, sorry, let me correct. There's a gold trophy that sits <laughs> on my shelf. But there's there's no big end game out of that for me other than just trying something new, testing my abilities to be resilient and be challenging
0: great. your own self to be better than you were before. Yes, Absolutely.
2: and I and I and I do that. And I just happen to do it with strongman.
0: <laughs> it's such an interesting sport to get into. Yeah, I know. You had mentioned Krav Maga earlier as well. How did you get into that? Krav Maga, for anybody who doesn't know, is uh, the Israeli, it's like an Israeli martial, martial art, right?
2: Yeah, it's the Israeli um, Defense Forces hand-to-hand combat training. Okay.
0: How'd you get into that?
2: Well, um, I started by, I was a student to start. I I had a lot of men in my life, my dad and, you know, my significant other and my son that, you know, saw me travel all over these places in the world. And I was in Nairobi and got mugged and I you know, I was in Hamburg and, you know, got smashed into a wall and, you know, I'd experienced some stuff. And right. my family, you know, didn't love the fact that I traveled by myself all the time and they wanted me to go try a self-defense class and when it was presented to me I'm like oh man I don't want to go like punch people like that's not going to be me I don't do that <laughs> but they but they talked to me into it I went to a class it was a class at noontime And honestly, like 10 minutes into the class, I'm like, Oh, my God, I just met my people. It was like, I was I was fighting out of a headlock from the side. And I got to like hit somebody in the groin and like beat him up. And I worked out and I'm like, Oh, oh, yeah, this is this is a thing. This is amazing. So I stayed and trained. Um, I think it was a year into training that I was invited into the instructor training program, and then it was a couple of years after that because I, you know, I blew up my knee in between that. But it was a couple of years later that I certified to become an instructor. And um, you know, last year or just over a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I completed my level two instructor certification. And so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely. On the older side of Krav Maga instructors, and you know, as a female, there's there's not a whole lot of us, but I do. It it is something so amazing to be able to give people the understanding that they have the ability to take care of themselves that they have the ability to say no and to fight and not and not just lie down and be a victim and that you have the ability to you know pay attention around you and see what's going on like you know the 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 pre-awareness and the aggression if you ever experience violence you know these are critical things to to having a better outcome to a situation that might happen. So that just, it's just an amazing experience for me. And I I think the part of what's special for me is that I am a smaller female. You know, I, I'm not a six to buff dude in front of the class teaching people how you can survive. I'm, I'm small. I'm a woman. And if I can do it, you can do it too. Yeah. And so, so I I love it. And I don't get to teach as much now as I'd like to, because as you know, my business and podcast is all, you know, getting busy and big. So I teach a little less than I, than I would like to, but it's still, still something that's really close to my heart.
0: Okay. Hey, this is Ari Gunsberg from the Way to Greatness podcast. I do my best to make sure that books and products that were mentioned on the show today are available on our show notes or on our website. That's waytogreatness.com, all spelled out. No numbers. We'd love your support. So just a few more things to cover. Your podcast, Grit and Grace, what's that podcast all about?
2: Um, I'm not sure your level of profanity on this show, so I'm going to avoid any Thank profanity. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> it's, it's kick apple women doing kick apple things. Um. <laughs> That's one way to
0: put it. Okay.
2: Um, no, it's, it, I feature women that are on the rise, women that, you know, have stories to share of inspiration and hope. And we talk a lot about being female entrepreneurs. So I bring on some of the top experts in fields such as marketing and branding and, you know, messaging how to be a good communicator. And, you know, I'm, I'm sharing stories of women that have built, you know, multi million dollars, successful businesses from scratch and, you know, talking about the same things you and I are like, what, what? Got you over right. the challenges because it's hard. How are you balancing family and being a wife and a daughter and a and a, a podcaster or a business owner at the same time? So we're you know collectively coming together as women and really just sharing what it means to have grit and grace. You know to run a business, to be a, a career woman. You know to be strong and still still be a woman at the same That's time. Awesome.
0: So you mentioned something earlier both on and off air. And I, I just want to bring it up. And this ties into what you're talking about with the grit and grace thing, women, you know, with women leaders, a lot of women leaders you see are, are simply not paving their own path forward, like perhaps they should be. Do you have any thoughts to why that might be?
2: Mm. Man, I have asked this question to so many other women. I've talked to hundreds of women. Um, and I think that, I think that we are we have a lot of we have a lot of you know preconceived notions about who we are and who we can be that is deep rooted in so many of us from so long ago that you know we we don't even realize that we take ourselves away from the table. I think that you know what you've just asked is a question that we all have to consciously think about. Uh, I'll share a study with you, and I I was going to tell you the story, but. Because it's a riddle. Actually, I'm going to do this. We're going to do a riddle. Yes, Are you ready? I
0: will give you a warning. I hate riddles, but I I'm happy to hear it. Okay. I'm happy to try it. But I'm just letting <laughs> you know that the the corner the around the corner thinking that that riddles require doesn't doesn't Isn't mesh. Thing. Yeah, it's okay. not my thing. But go go for it.
2: This is gonna this is gonna expand your brain a little bit. Okay, I'm I gonna would give you a love story. that. Okay, so um, a man and his son were driving one day, and they got into a major car accident. Okay. Um, the man was alive, but his son was unconscious. So the ambulance comes and takes them, you know, immediately to the hospital. The son is still unconscious. They pull into the you know emergency department. They jump out of the ambulance. The team takes the son right up to surgery, and you know the man is left in the waiting room. And they wheel this boy into a surgical unit with one of the top surgeons of the country. And the surgeon looked down and said. I cannot perform this operation. This is my son. How's that possible? Uh, the mother. Yes. And because we're on the topic, you already knew what the I, answer was. I didn't
0: know, no, but I was like, I was like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if we weren't on this topic and I asked you that question, you might struggle. Um, so I, I bring that up because studies show that 85% of the time, people will not answer that. They will say, you know, it's a, it's a same sex marriage. The boy was adopted and they're like, not in a bad way. They're not trying to be like rude or bad. People just don't assume that it's possible that a woman would be a top surgeon in the country. Interesting. And so I use that example to just show that without any maliciousness in it, all of us men and women you know, we have embedded in us from generations and generations of what things are supposed to be or how they have been. So overcoming that is to, to talk about stories like that. Talk about examples, like check yourself all the, the time. The world and as
0: it has been does not necessarily need to dictate the world as how it's yes. going to be.
2: Right. I mean, I, I heard a study shared the other day on um, female professional athletes. What professional female athlete team do you know of? So off?
0: I don't really follow sports, but none.
2: <laughs> right. But I, Meaning, I, mean, okay, I, I so, may not
0: be a great example just because I just don't follow sports at all. But I mean, tennis players, that's that's probably those are probably the biggest, most famous female athletes yeah. is, uh, you know, the Karnikova's and and people like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Or or the Olympics sure. or, you know, maybe, you know, there are some 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 volleyball teams, but there's just no real professional that.
0: sports with no I, right. professional right because tennis can be pro but olympics are not pro and then right there's no right. real we don't have any nfl or nba or, or uh um, nba the, nba no the mlb yeah. i'm thinking of we don't have any any big leagues like that with women in it Maybe absolutely golf? Um, it's golf. yeah sure
2: but just you know i just i just think that if we if we really if we really look around us you will see that it is still different and I know a lot of men say oh that's not true and and you know it's just you know men are different we do things different well yeah men and women are 100% different i mean women we are we come to the table with a different type of emotional response with a different type of rational Thinking and we making come, and making different choices.
0: Meaning a lot of a lot of and times a lot of uh one statistic that I don't know the exact numbers, but they say, you know, a lot more men are leaders in business and a lot more women end mm-hmm. up working in the nonprofit sector. But that might not be so much a factor of women only being able to get jobs in the nonprofit sector, it might be a factor of women being like, I would much rather do spend my time making money doing something that I love and that I feel good about afterwards and the men are like, I don't care money, right? Which I, I think the world as a whole is changing away from that that type of attitude, which is good. But you know, mm-hmm. it, if each person is making choices like that, you know that and that may tend to fall more along those lines. Which uh, you know, it, if that's the choice somebody wants to make, I mean, whatever choice somebody wants to make to to in to deliberately lead their own life in the way that they want to lead it, I think is fine. But I think what you're saying can transcend that issue, not issue that that reality, right? So even if women are deciding to be in the nonprofit sector more or in the top of the business, et cetera, they can they can still be consciously paving their own path forward. They can still consciously be changing the mindset of what it is of of, I guess the mindset of limitations of what women are capable of accomplishing.
2: Exactly, and and women we are a part of that too. Right. Like that's that's us too. And I, you know, I I don't think that I will ever stand behind any sort of feminist group that says we want more, we deserve more. Yeah, we do, but we are going to have to work for. Because like it or not, we didn't we didn't set up all these predispositions to the way things are. This comes from way back in right. generations of time. And you know, if you want if you want to be a mom and a girl boss and you know and do it all and combine it all, then go do it. You know, if you. You don't want to work and you want to stay home with your kids. So what? Go do that. And and, and part of that education, I think, is with men, too. We need to help men understand that, yeah, women are a little different. We're going to be at the table a little different. And that's a good thing. You know, studies show that when you have women on your board of directors with your business or a part of your senior management team, things flow a little differently because women bring different viewpoints and different emotions to the table.
0: Right. Exactly. Better. Exactly. Yeah. They have a completely, they have a different way of viewing things, which, which adds tremendous amount of insight to what's going on.
2: Exactly.
0: Let's just touch briefly upon gratitude and then we're going to be closing up. Mm. How is it that you, you've mentioned gratitude a few times throughout the conversation. We, we've discussed it before. So how exactly does gratitude help you balance the craziness of the journey of entrepreneurship?
2: I would say that um, I don't always know exactly how it helps me balance it, but I know that it makes me feel like I can handle the crazy of the day. So I I have a couple of different practices that I do. Um, The first thing I do is when I wake up every morning, I started this habit of, putting my hand like straight up in the air. It might look like some sort of like weird zombie move when I'm in my bed. <laughs> I put my hand straight up in my air and it's because to remind myself that I, I, before I get out of my bed, before my feet hit the ground, I'm going to tick off with my fingers, five things that I'm grateful for that day. And I don't start my day without it ever. Wow. And, and it, it, it really just starts my day reminding me of, Something that is way bigger than just the trivial problem that I might come across that day. So it it sets the tone for my day. And I've also implemented with some of my colleagues and different groups that I work in that we start each meeting and finish our meetings with what we're grateful for with each other.
0: With a moment of gratitude. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. And it might be a little frou-frou to some people and I don't care. It is, it is. you look at your colleague a lot different when you start a meeting that's going to be difficult and a lot of work and you tell them something you're grateful for and and about them. And then when you finish the meeting and you tell them something you're grateful for that happened in that meeting, all of the, the hard parts of what you just worked through, it falls away because it's just part of the process. That's amazing. I do that. And I, am awful off often really grateful for my dog because my, you know, I, I have a, a husky German shepherd mix that, you know, when I'm feeling, when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed in the middle of the day, he barks at me. And it's interesting <laughs> because I'm like, okay, I'm grateful for you, dog. Let's go for a walk. And I get out of my head and, you know, I, I think that having little pleasures in life and, and celebrating the successes along the way, to me, that's gratitude. I, when something really wonderful happens, which happens a lot for me because my business is growing by leaps and bounds and it's exciting and the podcast is growing, I t- take moments every day and just say, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I have the chance to do this. And it raises that that feeling in my stomach of happiness and it tampers down the worry.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm. Really Amazing in order to find more information about you or more information about the podcast, where would people go?
2: A couple places. places. Well, my business is Corporate Cause Agency. And so you can reach me at corporatecauseagency.com. If you'd like to listen to my podcast, and I, I think you're going to put this in the show notes because I have a bit of a complicated name, but toverlee.com, um, T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E, toverlee.com. And really, my name is so unique. I'm on all the social media at just toverlee. So if you just find toverlee on... Facebook Instagram Twitter you can find me and and, you know we have a podcast page on Facebook which is grit and grace podcast Um, but if you go to any of my social channels you'll see the links to everything but yeah it's absolutely
0: yes I I will have links to everything in the show notes I do make sure to do that thank you wow Taverly, this has been incredibly informative and a real experience I do appreciate it thank you so much for joining me today
2: thanks for having me
0: Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It'll only take you a minute, but it'll help expand this podcast beyond measure.
1: Thank you for listening to the Way to Greatness podcast, where we explore the journey from failure and mediocrity to success and greatness. Keep moving on your way to greatness. Join us next week for more stories, inspirations and interviews to help you achieve the greatness within you.